it is high noon. It's time for the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio FM and SF. I'm really excited. Next week is the return of CPCL Choose Poetry, Choose Life from Scotland and Ireland and everywhere else, zooming around. Today, though, coming up at 2 o'clock, the Sheriff of Truth, Latoya Wynn will be in the house on Some Call Me Tim, which is like the new AltaCast. But I'm going to play an old AltaCast from 2016, from October 12th, 2016, which was kind of my birthday week. So we'll find out what drama I was dealing with in 2016. I'm sure it has something to do with comedy. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure I'm crying about something. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Thanks for um, hanging in there. If you want to give Mutiny Radio some money, that is awesome. You can always Venmo at Mutiny Radio. If you enjoy what you're hearing for free on the internets, come on out tonight to Asiento. Always a great show every Wednesday at 7.30 and a really good time with really funny comics. Tomorrow we're at the bar on Dolores. Friday we're here at the station and Saturday... It's 2 o'clock at Atlas Cafe. Exciting stuff. Love the comedy. All right. Enjoy. Vintage. Ultacast. What is this dead air? Come on, what happened to my AltaCast? Did we not do one that week?
I'm in a nightmare land of my own creation. I can't figure out why I can't make the um, the old AltaCast play. Uh, yeah, this is crazy. Uh, let me put on some music and we'll figure this out, friend. Uh... What's going on? What is happening? My name is not important. It's a signal, a sign. It means I'm doing what I do because I do it all the time. I get a lot of fun in motion. I get not if I use you. I would crawl across the ocean so I could not abuse you. together as often and uh, you know if you're all in these neighboring farms and there's a wedding that's when you get to see you know Jenny across the, the farm the suitor yeah and maybe you guys can dance or something like get some pie get some yeah some punch and pie together I mean I think that was one of there it's such weddings are so ingrained in our culture and you know the question is what is it about us as humans and we know that Life is impermanence. Humanity is impermanent. All of us die and all that. But that we, we, I'm gonna say force ourselves. We choose to engage in contracts of permanence in an impermanent space. And then, and then we put weird expectations on it through, like, TV. A lot of people say that monogamy is totally impossible. It is impossible. <laughs> I, I, I just had to say that. Well, okay, I'm going to agree with it in this way, that I, no person can ever be truly monogamous because I've had sex with lots of different people in my life. So I am, I've already broken the monogamous thing. I've not been, you know, if you say there's monogamy in your relationship, I think that you can make a contract with each other and say, you know, this is what's happening. And then even when people have open relationships, as long as it's, open communication I just the thing is that I would want to have the conversation with my boyfriend if he was like I want to sleep with someone else I'd be like what what can I do what can how can we work on this together that I so because I would be I'm such a jealous person I would have such a huge problem I've actually thought about bringing that up to my boyfriend I, I've actually because you know even in past relationships and I can see this if I do get married you know Rather than just be the asshole that cheats, oh, which I've done that before, um, I rather you just open the lines of communication because I don't believe there's a hundred percent of no, no one's a hundred percent monogamous, especially if you've been married for a very long time. You hear people that have been married for 40, 50 years. Even my grandparents, they were married for 60 years. Wow. My granddad was probably stepping out a little bit back in his heyday. You know, they were married very young. Uh, in the 1930s, wow. late 30s, and you know, 
my granddad was like he was kind of a stunner he had his own business and what have you and you know and, and but that was kind of the norm then of course it was you know well, there's lots of women in the 30s and 40s um they were girlfriends like and sure. that was like looked down upon or whatever because you're not getting married you're the mistress but that right. was a real thing. That was a that was a very real thing. I mean, and if you're a woman who maybe isn't as educated or hasn't had the opportunities, and you're trying to take care of yourself because you're not married, and you go down the mistress path, I mean, that would, was a thing. It's I would still, have been a it's mistress. It still kind of is a thing. Yeah. I, I'm sure that I would. I'm sure I would too. I don't think I'm classy enough to be the wife. Because <laughs> well, the thing is that with, with the wife, there's especially in that time period, there there were certain expectations that were put upon you that this was the role that you fulfill. And and I wonder how many people say, nah, people aren't like that. There weren't roles, but I, yeah, there I were. think there, yeah. I think that's bullshit. I honestly think that marriage is a business contract. <laughs> I I really do. I mean, yes, there's love, yes, but there are people who have been together for a very long time who aren't married, who are in love. I believe marriage in some ways is a it's a business contract, which means if you guys everything is joint, you are one. So let, let's just let's I'm just keeping it real. Love comes sometimes really second to the business part meaning the fact of financial reasons if you're gonna buy a house you right. buy one together if we buy a car or health insurance or you know if we have kids we are all joint right. that is I, I that's why I feel like uh, marriage is business number one love is second I and I, it sounds really harsh but I just you know it it's just the real thing that's why I will I don't ever want to get married again is that you know that I caught an STD, a sexually transmitted debt, from my first marriage. So, <laughs> um, but I like that. Yeah, we bought a house together. But my father even said, you have to get married because you cannot buy a house together until you're married. And that makes plenty of sense tax-wise. It is so great yeah. to be married. But I feel like, and, and, and this is something I want to get in today about, I think that the gay people are bringing it back, like the love, love of the marriage, like because they're saying... Because it's like, why would you want to be a part of that shitty contract? <laughs> but the, the fact that they weren't allowed to be a part of the shitty contract is shitty. Right. Like, everyone should have the same opportunity to, to combine their resources in a contractual way. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's best. Though, I mean, I was crying through this entire ceremony. It was the best ceremony. Okay, their, their, their officiant is from, um, it's from the Church of Latter-day Dude. And it's, it's, instead of saying I do, they said the dude abides. Oh, cool. Do, That's awesome. Do you abide? The dude abides. The dude, dude abides. Do you abide? The dude abides. And, and the best thing is, so at the wedding, like, you know how usually people light a candle together or they pour sand in some cheesy way and yeah. it's stupid. Okay, so he did this thing where he's like, I've put vodka in this glass because <laughs> vodka is awesome. Like your love. I like that. Michelle, you're going to add some Kahlua because you are the spice. You are bringing the flavor to this union. Please pour, pour a little Kahlua in the top of the thing, which is awesome. Wow. And then he said, Laurel, you, you are the cream. It smooths it out, makes it all come together. Wow. You know, and then they put it together and they both drank from the cup and then they did it. It was like so amazing. Then you have a white Russian. And then you have a white <laughs> Russian. Exactly. So and it, it was just so funny. That's and so awesome. Great and yeah. 
I think I, I do have appreciation for like the modern weddings where you know people are doing their own thing and what have you. It's not just that stag kind of like, oh, we rented a hotel ballroom and you know yeah. or we're having mm-hmm. a church and we're using the caterer that they you know everyone's getting right bacon wrapped <laughs> or whatever that comes in a big hotel pan yeah exactly with shrimp in it mm. yeah. they had a food truck and the food truck came and set up and got everybody whatever they wanted oh my god it was really great that's awesome yeah it See, was really I, awesome I, I feel like you know going back to what you were just talking about like with a lot of um you know lesbian gay couples like my cousin he's married him and his husband they've been married for i want to say five or six years and have two kids and it just seems like i haven't met his husband but it just seems very real and authentic and i think it's just maybe it's because we as straight people have been are jaded i know i'm jaded you know i'm a child of divorce you know i've seen a lot of divorce um in my lifetime and i mean it's you know which one at one point in time say 50 years ago divorce was it was illegal in ireland is it finally it was illegal in ireland for like ever really because it's a catholic catholic yeah divorce was illegal which that just blows my mind i'm actually and the thing is just like you know it wasn't ex- culturally acceptable especially for women say like 1965 19 you know in the 60s late 60s at that you know people started to embrace being divorced by the 70s and now it's just like you know it's, it's just, just like it's not even a stigma at all. yeah it's just like i'm getting divorced okay now they have divorce parties like i want to throw my friend a divorce party because i'm so happy that she's getting divorced because she turned in she's starting to turn into this jesus freak oh wow. and i'm like oh this is not you i want my old fr- i'm not gonna say anything yeah. i want my old girlfriend back yeah you know and she surprised me one day a couple months ago she's like oh by the way i'm getting divorced and i like just was happy yeah like because I'm like, this is not you. I think you're just doing this because I think you guys do love each other, but it's not the kind that you can... It's not the kind of love that you guys are meant to be, you know? Yeah, I mean, I never changed my name during my first marriage. Obviously, that was like a... I probably kind of knew that I wasn't going to be married forever to this person. (laughs) I mean, seriously, permanence in an impermanent world. Things change. People... They say, oh, people don't change. People do change. People's priorities change. Absolutely. And who you, if, who, what people are a priority in your sphere of existence, that changes. Absolutely. And you could have made a contract with someone and said, I want you in my sphere. And then as your priorities change, you start growing in different directions because you have different kinds of priorities. I mean, that's at all ages too. That's at all. I mean, you hear a lot of people that, you know, again, have been married for 30, 40 something years. The kids are out the house and they're just like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this now. I want to go start my another chapter. Right. I want to divorce. Or, I mean, I wonder if people could renegotiate their terms and and have like some sort of openness and say, well, what I really want to do is I've been, I've been having the same pussy for 45 years. Yeah, exactly. I've been doing the same thing. I think that's just want to go check it out. Can yeah, we? I think that's a conversation that more people should be having because I, I actually feel comfortable. I brought it up in past relationships because um, I, I, I don't feel like I'm a one-person woman, meaning sexually. Right. <laughs> um, gotcha. But 
as for relationship and where my heart is and you know who I want to be with you know I can see myself with one person but I mean we're mammals I say this all the time we're mammals mammals like to do things go outside and play with other mammals right you know but that but that's the thing is that you get back it gets back to the contract thing that it just means that your finances and your life are tied together in multiple ways right but your sexuality is another part of your life that sometimes you have to address right so Absolutely. and if you can address it with your current partner in a nice healthy way that's great too I mean my first husband wouldn't let me use dildos because he was um, really really self-conscious and I didn't know at the time because he was like the only person I'd slept with I thought he had a huge penis also he was black so people always <laughs> said to me oh he's got a huge dick down there and I'd be like yeah totally but because I'd never had anything else I didn't know Right. And then I never had any sex toys because it made him very uncomfortable, and I, I didn't realize why, until wow. years later I was like, oh, perspective. But but that's something that's too too it's terrible that we didn't get to talk about that in an open and honest way and be like, hey, you know, I don't have the most enormous penis. Right. And then it's just like, well, I would like to please myself, but you can get involved too. There, right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Bring on that. You can use the, um, my boyfriend Jonathan he does not have a problem with Floyd <laughs> Floyd is pink it's pink Floyd pink Floyd and he doesn't have a problem with it and so I, I think that's fair too and it's fun it's hard to do yourself it's better if someone else does it absolutely I agree here here I, I can't be in a relationship with anyone that is going to tell me what I can't play with you know and I don't I don't think that's fair because sometimes you need a little help and it's exciting too I remember though there was a point in time I would say like maybe 10 15 years ago well I was still a virgin 15 years ago never mind but a while back men would get threatened like you were talking about your ex-husband yeah. by having a a dildo like it's competition and like no it's not competition yeah no it's a collaborative effort it's it's Duracell yeah <laughs> It's Duracell. I mean, but I think, you know, I think more and more, especially our generation, we're having the conversation, especially in, you know, who are people who are married. You're seeing more and more people who are married, who are having open marriages. And what's the uh, one? Polyamory. Polyamory. I can never pronounce it. Polyamory. That whole concept. I don't know about that one. I don't, I don't, um, I question. I question too, but I, I mean, if people are into it and they can handle it, I am not psychologically strong enough to be polyamorous. Like, I can't divorce my my own, like, and people say, well, jealousy is just a terrible thing and it gets in the way of everything, And but man, I feel that jealousy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's, and oh, well, jealousy is just an indication for something else that's wrong. I say, but I'm like, well, then I, want, I don't want to feel the jealousy. Let's, let's do things to not feel that way. It, it sounds really nice, and I'm not. A, the thing is, I'm not a jealous person. Actually, would turn me on, but I'm just in my mind. I'm like, how long would I be able to do that for? You know, would I be able to do something like that? You know, for a lifetime or what have you? Or would I start to feel like a little bit of jealousy because that person is spending more time with the other one right. rather than me? And, and that stuff is going to happen. You're going to start triggering these thoughts like, well, I think he like, loves her more than me and so on. And, and it, which is different from an open relationship. Right. You know, so, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm down with it. Kudos to those people who do it. 
I, and again, I feel like I'm not psychologically strong enough. I, I just... And that's the honest truth. I like that honesty, too, because some people just jump in because it's just like, hey, I can have... Hey, yeah. Ooh, what's a party? Ball. I get to have sex with all kinds of people. But then once you're in... I mean, that's the question, too. Are you able as a person to, to have a healthy relationship with another person and to share things with them and to be honest and to all of that kind of stuff? Which is... I mean... Who knows when people are, I mean, you think that you know when people are real and being honest and authentic, but maybe we don't. I... People change, like you say, you know, people change, you know, and, you know, the person you marry, you know, could be a different person in the next five years. Yeah. You know? They change their job, they change their work circle, they change, I mean... Four years ago, I, or five years ago, I wasn't a comedian. If I, <laughs> that would be that would probably drive a, a, a significant other away. Uh, you don't drive away from us. You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm, brought to you by Alta California Botanicals, the best tink in the biz. Drive immediately to your local dispensary and ask for it by name. If they don't have it, go to TryAlta. Dot com. And uh, if you have your medical recommendation from your doctor and they prescribe you medical tinctures, you can get two weeks for free. So check it out on tryalta.com and see all amazing six tinctures that um, saving our lives through medical cannabis. Absolutely. Uh, so you listen to the AltaCast. I'm Pam Benjamin. I'm joined by Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth Win. Today we are talking about marriages and weddings and all that stuff. And gay people. Gay people who are bringing it back. Bringing it back. <laughs> bringing it, it back. back. The love. The, uh, there's actually, I have actually been to a lesbian wedding too, and I actually felt like this is really authentic. Not saying that none of my other like friends' weddings have been. Authentic. I have been to so many inauthentic weddings. I've been like you said, the cookie cutter ones, where it's like, here's the way the flowers look, and they look just like Martha Stewart's wedding, <laughs> wearing the dress of the season. And you know, it's, those are the ones I really get drunk at. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. I mean, and eat up all their shrimp. Oh, I love the shrimp. Love the shrimp. I do. I. I mean, I do. I love weddings for the food. I I'm the jerk too. that takes a takes a napkin and tries to take shrimp home in yes. my pocket. Ditto. Yeah. Because they're just gonna toss it. Just gonna toss. They're just gonna toss, toss the it. shrimp. Like I. I you will take a doggy bag. Yeah. Like, they paid for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to recycle it. I'm going to recycle it, yeah, <laughs> right through my recycle tushy. I, I, some of the weddings that I've been to have the ones who've spent like thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, on 30, their 30000 is the average of what people spend Jesus. on the wedding. 30 grand. To me, when you spend that much money on the wedding, you're setting yourself up for divorce. <laughs> I always see that. And even with... People I've, you know, came in contact with in the past who have had lavish weddings, their marriage did not work. Right. I always feel like sometimes really big, you know, over budget weddings like that is a jinx. Definitely. I just, I don't know. I, I wouldn't do it. I love big parties, though. I no, love I love big, big parties. Involved parties, but. I don't Man. believe in spending 50 G's or 100 mm-hmm. G's on a damn wedding. I totally agree with that. I mean, you could do a ten thousand dollar budget. I think that I don't know how much. They, I think maybe they they spent maybe between six and eight on this wedding. It was, but it was amazing. That's and reasonable. It's so, and I'm like, oh my god, that's so much money. Um, I, I don't know who would have. I'd have. I'd, anyways, we've got some uh, w- wedding music here, guys. 
The worst wedding song ever. We have, oh, let's, uh, let's we're, uh, we're talking about weddings today here on the AltaCast. It's the third one, it's perfect. And uh, thanks for joining us, you guys. We're going to listen to some bad wedding music, and we'll be back uh, with some facts about wedding and divorce and all that kind of stuff. Do you want to do it? Everyone seems to want to do it, right? I'm a princess. No, I'm a fairy. No, I'm a, I'm Opa, a wife. I'm a mazel tov. Jump the broom. Yeah. Hey, we jumped the broom at my wedding because it was the nice. black thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It, we did everything. We did like a Native American chant. My brother nice. read some. My brother read some terrible Bible verse about fruit falling from the vine and withering and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, dude, let's smoke it. Smoke the withered fruit. Can we do that? At my wedding, guy? You seriously? You break out the... It was, it was something about, like, yeah, it was like the withering. It wasn't even... I mean, I would have preferred more like the, the birds do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet the Heavenly Father takes care of them. Man, say I'm a bird, not a raisin. Wait, first of all, when you were talking about the fruit and the vine, I kept... I, in my mind, I kept thinking strange fruit. Oh, I God. Really- all the day. Wow. Yeah, there's strange fruit drying from the trees here at this wedding. Well, and that's the other thing. is he was, was he doing an allusion to raisins because of a raisin in the sun? Like, what happens to when a black guy and a white girl get married and they both grew up in rich towns? Will their dreams be deferred? Or will they buy a house in a Lexus? And they'll buy a house in a Lexus. buy a house in a Lexus. Yeah. To have, to have a couple dogs. Make some money. Uh, here we go. Uh, the worst wedding music ever here on the AltaCast. Worst wedding music worst ever. Song. There's going to be a great video too, like of of people being um, uh, in love, Come on. in love here at uh, Mutiny Radio FM. Hey, if you guys ever want to come down and visit us, we invite you to do that. Come down to two seven eight one Twenty First Street at Florida in the deep, deep Mission, beautiful part of san francisco here beautiful sunny day give us a call at 415-550-0511 and if you're a comedian apply for the mutiny radio comedy festival go on the front page and uh inappropriate wedding songs here we go why don't y'all shut your mouth I had a friend call me not too long ago. He said, dude, I'm getting married. I want you to sing at my wedding. I'm like, okay, I'd be honored when you get married. He goes, in two weeks. I said, thanks for the heads up. I said, uh, well, what do you, when you want to do? Well, my friend, I wanted to sing, and he fell through, so I called you. Well, flattered, thank you. I said, okay, when do you want me to sing to the wedding? He goes, well, when the bride's walking down the aisle. What do you want me to sing? He goes, you pick. Yeah. So I was thinking, half of me's going, no way. The other half of me's like, I can make this a wedding no one's ever going to forget. There's a lot of songs that go well. They're very appropriate at a wedding. What's love got to do? Got to do. That wouldn't be very appropriate. She used to be mine. That wouldn't be good. 
lose a friend over that one. Well, there's worse. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You can't always get what you want, but you can try sometimes. You might find you get what you need. Yeah. Who gives this one? Cut. That's not going to be on the show. All right. Inappropriate wedding songs with Tim Hawkins. Uh, at my first wedding, I actually sang. I wanted to have karaoke at the wedding. And my parents and my then fiance, now ex-husband's parents said, absolutely not. No karaoke at the wedding. Why? No way. That's so fun. So I sang a cappella. I will survive. <laughs> Oh my god which is like That's the worst awesome. song but isn't that the most ridiculous song to sing it was like the inappropriate wedding song it was i sang my own inappropriate wedding song at my wedding you just <laughs> by the way I'm, today i'm wearing a shirt that says legendary karaoke performer. i like that shirt that's so funny wait a minute you already set yourself up for divorce uh absolutely <laughs> at the wedding just... i sang i will survive <laughs> To the mortification of my entire family. What were their faces like when you were singing? Oh, that? I was so wasted. I had so much fun. Uh, I, it's a, I love karaoke. Yeah, that's. that's a... I love karaoke. I always have. I always will. First, I was afraid. I was, I was petrified. Yeah, I kept thinking I can never live without you by my side. It's about breaking up, but then I spent so many nights thinking how oh, you did me wrong and I grew strong. <laughs> and I learned how to get along. It's all your You're back, back. <laughs> from outer space. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> At my wedding, yeah. At your wedding. You I didn't know the words to any other songs at the time. I mean, all of the words or whatever, you know? <laughs> and That's so funny. I just wanted to perform. And at the time, back, you know, 15 years ago... I, I didn't do stand-up comedy yet, so I just did stand-up karaoke, Dude, which is that's too comedic funny. in nature. God, I wish someone... Did anyone film your wedding? <laughs> I hope not. Uh, <laughs> uh, they filmed. Someone filmed the actual wedding itself, except that in the beginning of it, there was a jackhammer in the background, which was really funny. Oh, my God. And then someone went and silenced it during the wedding or whatever, so... And it's on VHS, folks. Yeah, I think it's on VHS. Well, it was 2000. I think it was digital. Digi DVD. I, I, I don't know. I don't really. He made me when I when I when I left them. He made me take the wedding pictures, like the big expensive wedding album. My, my parents spent so much money on the photography, oh, and no. it was awful. I hated the photographer. And and uh, when I was picking up the rest of my stuff from the house, when I was coming back up to San Francisco, I was like, you can keep the wedding pictures. He's like, no, I don't really want them. You did, really, oh you should God. take him. He's like, your parents paid for him. I'm like, all right. So I still have my wedding album. It's really funny. Dude, how much did your parents... Uh, 20 grand, I believe, uh, they spent on the wedding. 20 yeah. grand. But I usually destroy everything they spend good money on, like my teeth. <laughs> um, I, you know, they spent thousands of dollars on my mouth and my orthodontia, and then I lost that tooth in the skateboard accident and paid to get it back and then this last skateboard accident last week i broke my nose again this is the fifth oh time gosh. i've broken my nose but the first two times i in high school they paid a lot of money for me to get a nose job to fix my nose because i wow. i was in an i was in an american gladiators accident and um <laughs> absolutely true and my nose uh 
went over, I got smacked in the face with a ping pong paddle and it basically just broke my nose off my face oh and my put it God. to the side. It was bad. That sounds painful. It was terrible. And so um, they had to have one surgery to put it back on so it was like normal. And then they had another surgery to like fix it because the scarring and the bone Jeez. stuff was so like, you know, I was, you know, they wanted me to be pretty, okay? Oh. And so they paid for that. And then what do I do? Like, <laughs> I fucking bust my mouth and then I bust my nose on the skateboard. I'm like, I'm 40 now. I don't give a fuck. All that money you spent on my face didn't do anything for me. I ain't famous. I ain't, you know. Nobody has to beat me. I beat myself. I beat myself while the concrete beat me up. <laughs> and, and so I'm at this wedding last week and I felt so bad because my eye had a really, my black eye was pretty pronounced and my face was pretty puffy and my lip got a little infected. I just looked like I had really big lips for a while. And, um, <laughs> I'm hanging out with the sister of the bride and we're getting stuff in the morning and I was like, oh, she's like, well, what happened? And I said, well, and I fell off my skateboard and I feel like everybody was looking at my lip like I have herpes. And she goes, oh no, honey, it looks like you got punched in the face. <laughs> I was like, good. I was like, that's so much better. I look like I got punched in the face. Jonathan, it wasn't you. No, that's what, and that was so funny when I was going to get on the plane, people said I should play it up and be like, I have to go to a lesbian wedding in Portland and get us San Francisco, if you know what I mean. Do you know? I don't want to talk about it, okay? I just want another whiskey. Please. Um, yeah, please. Please, I'm just getting out of San Francisco. I have to go hang out with my lesbian friends because I've just got to get away. You know what I mean? He beats because he loves he me. He loves, he loves me so much. Uh, no, I beat myself up. This, I, I, too hardcore. I, I have to give props to your parents on that, you know. Everything they spend money on, I destroyed. The nose job, the mouth, teeth, and the wedding. <laughs> like, and even, even, well, I paid for my own master's degrees, but the college degree that they paid for, I've done nothing with. Like, I mean, I guess for a while I did when I was teaching high school and whatnot. You know, you can't, you can't get a teaching credential without an undergraduate degree. You yeah. know, you have to have that. Um, <laughs> but so that, that, that was good. That maybe sort of paid off at some point but everything else they've ever paid for i've kind of just destroyed well i actually technically the pictures are still there right <laughs> so you didn't burn them no you no didn't, you, didn't, you didn't have a waiting to exhale moment where you just started burning stuff no no i and i love my wedding dress i think i want to wear it for halloween again this year or maybe i'll wear it this friday at pamtastics just for no reason i'll just wear oh actually i'm headlining the grotto uh, so things are different this week. I'll just do an announcement for anybody yes, who likes com comedy. So Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse is every Friday from 8 to 10. But this week, um, because it's my birthday or whatever, I'm, I get to headline the Grotto. So that is free, and it's at 15th and Bryant, it downstairs in the sports basement. There's free beer, and it's from 6.30 to 8. So I'm headlining. So I'm going to... Missed the beginning of Pamtastics, but what I, I asked Todd Farnham of Ship of Fools, and he's so sweet. Ship of Fools is going to be from 8 to 9. So there'll sweet. be an open mic from 8 to 9, and then I'll do Pamtastics from 9 to 11. I'll probably see you at 1059. 1059, <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> but um, so I'm, I'm excited about headlining the grotto because I get to do extra time, and, and right now, like, 
I can do 10 minutes of my sleep. So that's good. I feel like I, I, I'm sure headlining there only means 10 because I usually give seven, but 15 would be nice. I'd sure like 15. I mean, 20 would be insane, but I, I don't think that they don't like me that much for my birthday. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then, uh, so there'll be Pamtastics from eight to 11. And then I, I turned 41 on Saturday, and supposedly my boyfriend Jonathan, he's doing surprisey things. I don't know what he's doing, but he said, the entire day is filled. I'm like, okay. That's lovely. The entire day is filled. That's lovely. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. And uh, tonight I'm in a show um, at the Eagle at 8 o'clock. It's an all-ladies showcase put together by Colin Holtz at the Eagle, which is on 12th. And it's, it's, it's like right by, it's right behind the Costco, basically. Uh, like 12th and Divis Division or Divisadero, whatever that oh, is. Oh, Division. Division, yeah. Yeah, the Eagle. Big, great backyard patio, great gay bar. Excited to perform there. So that's tonight. Um, but yeah, so big week. Big week for me. Dude, yeah. Yeah. yeah big stuff. You, you've had a big couple couple weeks. Yeah. It just doesn't stop. Yeah. It just can't stop, won't stop. But it's, it's nice to be booked lately. I feel really happy about that, that like people have been... Um, choosing to have me be part of their shows, which, you know, and that's the thing is like when, when comedians put together showcases, they really can't pick whoever they want. <laughs> and so, and I, I don't think that I necessarily subscribe to any of the, to some of the clicks. I think that maybe Mutiny Radio is its own click, but there's a lot of people here that are still so new that they're not really producing anything yet. So yeah. hopefully the seeds pay off in the future, you know? They will, eventually. When the seed grows, you got to plant the seed. Uh, just like a, a wedding, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I wish they would have planted a tree together or something, because their backyard, they did it in their backyard, but they already had so many trees. My God, there was a pinata, okay? Nice. There were actually four pinatas, and they were filled with the most amazing things, like... Um, scratcher tickets and <laughs> she made all these handmade soaps I got a book that I've been reading it's oh really good um, the, uh, candy there was a bunch of candy in there really good candy like C's candy and um, gift cards I didn't get any of the gift cards there were all these children at the wedding and when those pinatas broke those kids went nuts yep. there was five year olds just scooping and I was trying to be like not like them but i but still part of you wanted part of you. me wanted to part of me was like i want a gift card <laughs> move you little brat yeah i got i got uh beard oil though which i brought back for um jonathan and um some tiny flasks so that you can take them through security oh cool and um i realized when i got there i was like i had a little bottle of water and a bottle of whiskey and i sat there and i was like okay i, I don't want to go through i want this water but i don't want to dump it out so I did this crazy thing. I took a sip out of the water and then like right in front of, like in the middle of the airport, I didn't even think about how illegal this was. In the middle of the airport, I just cracked one of those little whiskey bottles and poured it quickly into the water bottle. And then I drank it like standing like right there, kind of right in front of the TSA. TSA. <laughs> and, and then I thought about it while I was doing it. I'm like, this is kind of totally illegal. You have to be in a bar to do this. And if you're in a bar, you're not supposed to bring your own alcohol. So I was like, shit, man. But I did it anyway. Yeah, that's how laid back they are. Yeah, that's Portland cool. doesn't give a fuck. No. They're all, they're like, you guys are all white. They're, none of you are terrorists. We're fine. <laughs> Just walk on through. Keep your shoes You're on. Right. Keep yeah. your shoes on. Don't worry about it. Is that weed? Smoke eh, it. Smoke. smoke it. Take it with it. It doesn't whatever. matter to you. Have fun. Exactly. It's, it's recreational there now, so you can go into a store, and they don't have any sales tax on it until... January 2016, but then they're going to do a 25% sales tax because there's no sales tax in Oregon, but right. now they have a new loophole that only weed will be taxed because they want it for the schools. That's good. Yeah, it is good. So it's actually going to the schools. 
involved. Sure. Yeah. So was the lottery, right? Right. That's exactly where I was going, yeah. going with that. Sure, the lottery's real. <laughs> yeah, it's going to our schools and rebuilding them. Isn't it funny that there's a program that exists in our society where you can put money in to a big general pot and it goes in all these different places? Well, like, why can't we... It's like it's almost like a cooperatively paid into... If we can do that, why can't we like have free health care for everybody i mean i guess we do for the super poor people but like all that money is there it, and it keeps moving around isn't there a way to like make everybody pay like five dollars a week and put it into some fund yeah like it put it like in a cookie jar kind of yeah. and save yeah there is a way but, call it a cookie jar yeah. and make it an app and everybody can but the thing is you'd have to it'd have to be like a you're always giving and you take when you have to. But then that would never work because people would take it all all the time. But yeah, because there are a lot of dishonest people. But I believe something like that, if you know, the government would try to come up with a concept like that, I think it would work. It's like Social Security, but it doesn't work. Right. But there, there's so many things that you could do to possibly fix fix the healthcare system, such as like something like, I don't want to say lottery. I don't like that word. Um... But, you know, just, fuck it, no, just everyone have free health care. Yeah. I don't even want to think that hard. Right. You know, it's just just too easy, like, to even be like, okay, forget it. We're taking the middleman out. Everyone has health care. If you want a premium, you can pay for it there. But if you just want basic, it's free. Yeah. You know, it's like having like a... But, a, and that's the thing, you gotta, everyone should have access like this, like, oh, I don't have one right now, but if some person gets a yeast infection, I mean, you want it diagnosed, you want to make sure that it's not something else. Right. Because you, you, like, I know the over-counter stuff is available, or th- I mean, everyone should be able to, if you have an itchy vagina, you should be able to go to a doctor whenever you want, and not have to pay $150. Pa- Planned Parenthood deals with itchy vagina? Yeah. Okay. They do. Good. They do. But but the thing is, people are afraid to go to the doctor now because it's so expensive. It's it's, it's very... so like, and there are people that aren't using doing enough preventative medicine because we're preventative lifestyle isn't really what's happening. I'm. We are so off tangent from the wedding thing, but <laughs> it still works. It'll work well, into this. And it, 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 actually, it, actually, you know what? That's why a lot of people do get married as well. For the healthcare benefits. Because of yeah. the healthcare benefits. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, it actually parallels to what we were uh, just talking about with the whole marriage as a business. This, yeah. You know, because healthcare is so expensive. So expensive. You know, and if you have someone that's sickly and dying, or, you know, if they don't get any healthcare, they're going to die. That's why you do have a lot of people that have some kind of partnership to where okay let's get married so you can at least have my benefits of this that happens it's a common thing so i mean that's why again marriage as a business well and that's why it's great that gay people can get married now because now they can have access to each other's health care and and, and the other thing is someone does get sick and they're in the hospital family it has to be family it, right. sometimes you can't have friends or rights or your spouse your spouse or yeah immediate family and that's yeah. it yeah. you know because people get sick i mean people and i recently just got health care i have health insurance for my job well, that's amazing hey. that's crazy i was really excited about that but again i'm still afraid 
because if I do get hurt, you know, I'm still going to have to pay something. Right. You have to, what, 20% or something? Yeah, Go something pay. like that. So, I mean, I'm still frightened of the fact that, yeah, I do have health insurance, but that's not a get, you know, get get out of free card, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, get out of cancer free card. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what it comes down to is that if we were more, had more of a preventative lifestyle and people were more active, and there was less sedentarianism with the cars and the... So I was up there, I was up there for six days. I gained like five pounds because I didn't, I walk, I didn't realize how active I am in the city. I just wasn't active there. Like, it just isn't a thing. Everyone, everything was in a car that I didn't, and I stayed in the house the whole time, cooking and doing all kinds of things. And, but it was just funny because Okay, anyways, this is, I'll get back to this. I've been on the bus and I've been seeing a lot of different body types now, and especially on young girls that are like 15, 16, 17. Uh, yeah. They're like skinny fat, do you know? Like, yeah. like they're thin, but they've got, like their butt is, it's almost like they have two butts. Like they have a hip butt and then they have a butt butt. And it's so funny to me the way that fat is sitting on people's bodies differently. And I think it's the diet, and I think it's the lack of exercise. Absolutely. I just hate seeing little boys with titties. Oh, I've, I've been seeing so many fat little boys. I, that really makes me angry because, again, that's a form of child abuse. You know, I just, I, you know, it, uh, that pains me. Or seeing, like, 15-year-old girls who are already 250. Yeah. You know, that, that's yeah. just that's And just I see ridiculous. a lot of it on, I see a lot of different body types on the bus, and I, I, I just... I, I know that this is a this is because of the the way we eat and we don't have preventative lifestyles and uh, I I just how do you change it you can't I mean give a kid a skateboard like that's not gonna like how do you I mean Michelle Obama had that whole like get kids active yay and they they changed the food program um in uh, for the lunch excuse me, yeah for lunches in schools but I mean again you know a lot of these you know parents or parent a lot of the kids are coming from two parent homes you know right and where mom it's makes a healthy lunch yeah exactly there's no time there's no time to make lunch and there's no time to make lunch or there's i'm too tired to make dinner but that's not the mom's fault you know because she's just trying to provide right you know so it, it's just one of those double double standards it's really hard to say because i mean i can't say it's just because you're you know you come from a single parent home because my mom wasn't like that you know right. my parents were divorced i was my mom's like stop eating all that bread you can get fat <laughs> so and i was always on the treadmill i remember my grandmother saying like why are you always on the treadmill and this is like when i was seven eight and i said i don't want to be fat oh wow well, no, I was getting those messages, too, as a child, um, that fat, if you're fat, no one will ever love you. Yeah, um, that And I, I think that it came from my kindergarten teacher. I hope she's dead. Her name was Mrs. <laughs> Miss Mowers or Mrs. Mowers. She I don't know. She was evil. She was an evil cunt. And she said, and we all memorized Bible verses as kids, and we'd go up and stand in front of the class and say the Bible verse, and everyone got an ice cream cone. And... Uh, she wouldn't give me an ice cream cone. She gave me graham crackers instead. Everyone else is licking their little ice cream cones. And they were tiny little ice cream cones. But, and she said, fat little girls never amount to anything in the world. You're a fat little girl. 
and you need to eat graham crackers or something like that. But it was something about like you won't be loved if you're fat. But the ridiculous thing is I bet oh that the God. same amount of calories are in two graham crackers as were the ice cream. Ice cream. Wow. Yeah, Christian school. At a Christian school. Like my parents were paying for me to have a private education. And that's the kind of education that they were. And in front of the whole class, too. That is terrible. It's horrible. So I always thought that I was fat. Like, even when I wasn't. And I remember being in third grade and being, I have a very vivid memory, but I was in vacation Bible school. It was summertime. And we were all sitting in a circle with chairs. And they were plastic chairs. And I was wearing a, a little skirt. And I don't think I was wearing nylons. I don't think we were allowed to wear nylons at the time. Anyways, I had my knees up. I was on my tippy toes with my knees sort of like higher up in the air. And I was kind of like keeping them up because I felt like everyone was looking at my thighs being smushed by the chair and my thighs looked so big. And so I put my little toes up and was trying to sort of do that. But that's like seven, eight years old. Wow. Same age. And like that third grade kind of time. And it's like, what kind of words and images were being thrown at us that were kind of becoming part of our psyche and our being it's it, it about body image yeah it start i know it definitely started very young for me because of the fact of the matter like you know you feel like oh well if i get if i end up fat not even obese just fat right you you're gonna be alone for the rest of your life with right. 12 cats no one's ever gonna want to marry you yeah you're never gonna have that contract right so. exactly and the fear the fear of not being able to be normal and have the contract with somebody and say this person commits to loving me right right being alone you know and so i i think and i think that's that's something psychologically women have dealt with forever and i think we're always going to deal with it i mean especially now since women young girls are so overly sexualized with things yeah like they'll do anything for it, it seems like we've kind of regressed a little bit when it comes to like when I look and talk to teenage girls or even young young women in their 20s you know where they'll say silly bitch stuff like oh well I'll just ditch my friend to be with this guy I'm like really seriously I'm like okay but I it, it, it I don't know I think I, there was a whole group of girls in when I was when I was teaching too that let's see this is like around 2000 and so they were in high school that would have sex with guys and the guys would say not not wear a condom and because they were afraid that he wouldn't like her if she made him wear a condom wow and that that's how he liked that's how they'd know that the boy liked them because he was sleeping with them but then if you talk to the boys they're like i'd be fucking bitches all day right absolutely and so it's such like a but to subject yourself to being unsafe because you want a guy to like you, that's, but that happens all the time. All I mean, time. people that starve them, like the, how much anorexia and bulimia exists. I was bulimic. Yeah, I was bulimic too. <laughs> Gotta be skinny, otherwise it's not gonna love you. Exactly. And it's like, what are we, what is this for? And it, that, that's the thing is that because the end all be all is getting married and having a man love you. And so that's, I think where us straight ladies are sort of have that jaded view is that, I mean, if marriage is a contract, it's kind of been a shitty contract for ladies for a long time. (laughs) So like as a feminist, I can be like, okay, don't, you know, it's, it's falling into that role or, but it's the society creating the role that we're supposed to attune to and then going with it. And there really have 
trying to look at role models of women who choose not to get married or who like how many movies are out there about like it, it, it's more like funny like oh she's a slutty girl and at the end she finally finds the right guy <laughs> you know I'd rather be the slut yeah but <laughs> that's, that's like that's the turnaround like you know pretty woman you know she was the hoe she was a hoe <laughs> and now she's like queen hoe queen hoe right <laughs> Ooh, because she wouldn't kiss on the mouth yeah I would kiss <laughs> You know, every time I watch that movie now as an adult, I'm just like, I'm like, this is some serious bullshit. Like people ate that shit up when it came out. Sure. It is just like, it's the stories that we, it's, it's like the Joseph Campbell thing. Like the hero myth legend really is only existed primarily for men. And you don't necessarily see women go on this, um, uh, hero myth journey, the archetypical journey, like going through things and coming out a, a person at the end that, you know, it's the Star Wars story. Like yeah. you go in and you're a child and then you defeat your father and you're an adult, you know, <laughs> it's Oedipus, you know, you murder your mother and then you're the king and then they gouge eyes out. Um, but these archetypical stories, there really aren't any for strong women who have opinions and, uh, and drive and ambition the stories are that they're a witch that lives in the forest and eats children and lives in a house, lures them in with a house made of gingerbread cooks them. and then cooks them and eats them, you know, like because she's a, she doesn't have her own kids, yeah. so she must be somehow evil or weird Absolutely. or strange. Oh, starts from that hand. She loves metal. cats, cats, cats. I mean, I mean, and so, you know, what are we, what kind of rules are we to fall into when, when the ones that are set up for us in, in the society's story are get married get married and that's you have it. a great yeah and okay say yes to the dress oh. Oh. people love this shit I they eat it up know. it's 22 minutes or i don't even know if it's an hour show or a half hour show but if women looking for crying and freaking out over the dress that they're gonna wear for the wedding it's like such a tertiary part of a wedding but yet so important for so many people and it's like my father will only let me spend two thousand five hundred dollars on my dress or bridezillas yeah i used to watch that a couple episodes of that where people would just break down and have a nervous breakdown like this is not the way i want my dress to be <laughs> and it's just like well I, see, this is this <laughs> See, this is why I'm like the whole marriage thing, the love thing comes second because it's 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 the business, and the business is into the show, right? Because the marriage is the wedding is the show. So let's get to that. What is the original point of marriage? It's to it's to stand up in front of a group of people and say, "This is my partner." I do. This is my partner. I'm going to take care of this person. I'm going to take care of this person. We're or combining. Obey. <laughs> obey. Yeah. Mm. We're. Because men know best, right? So, um, if that—that's the original thing—is to stand up in front of a group of families and say, "Our families are merged. This is, you know, here's all of our resources are now one. We are together." Right. And it's turned into—I <laughs> mean, I mean, sometimes for people it's just the party. Yeah. And. I- but it, it is amazing when people like recognize the union or the story, the archetypical moment of saying, "We are one." The vodka and the Kahlua. Right. The vodka, the vodka, the Kahlua, and the cream. Putting it all together. Right. And and I res- I really do respect that for people who want to to do that. But I'll, I 
And I love I love my boyfriend so much, and I'd love it if he like was like, we should get married, and I'd be like, that's all I want is the impetus from you, but let's never do that. Let's have, <laughs> let's have an amazing party to celebrate our love with one another. But I don't want his house. I don't ever want to be. I don't. I. I don't. I can take care of myself. I don't ever need a man to take care of me financially. And I think that's what comes down to me for the wedding is I don't need the fucking contract because I can take care of my damn self. You've already been there, done that. Well, I've been there, done that, but I never needed it anyway. Right. Like, and, I, and one of the reasons that it was so difficult for me to leave my husband is that I was so worried about the finances. I was like, I can't do it on my own. I can't do it on my own. And that's bullshit. And I think that the marriage contract leads women to believe that they can't do it on their own and that they do need a man. Right. And although I definitely need, I love my boyfriend. He is so supportive and amazing and great in the sack and all that <laughs> stuff. He's really attentive in so many wonderful ways. And I love him to death. Like, I just love him, love him, love him. He's the best. But I, I don't want to ever combine resources again I don't want someone's last name I don't I, I would if someone married me I would just bring a bunch of problems I are not really not really because I'd have to be like the house of I don't exist I tried to look myself up on this government database thing uh -huh. um this is weird but it does tie into marriage so there's this thing that someone passed around on Facebook and it was like you won't believe the things that exist out there about you or about someone else type in any name and you can find out these crazy things Oh, God. So I'm like, all right. Type in Pamela Lynn Benjamin. It's searching, searching, searching. And that all the Pamela L. Benjamins that show up, none of them are me. They're like 50, blah, 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 all these different ages, some younger ones, some older ones. But none of them are me. And then farther down the list, there's Pamela L. Ray, which was my maiden name. No, I mean not my maiden name, my married name, but I never took it. I never legally took it. I never legally changed my name from Benjamin to Ray because it was too much paperwork and I didn't want to do it. And I said, if you're going to make me change my name, then you need to change your name. So you need to legally change your middle name to Benjamin and I'll legally change my middle name to Benjamin and I'll make my name Ray legally. It's fair, 50-50. I thought so too. He said no. No. <laughs> so I was like, well, then I ain't changing my name. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to go to the DMV and do all this shit and change all this stuff. Nay, not doing it. So it's just funny that now the only thing that what came up was Pamela L. Ray. And it's like, is this person your father? Is this person your sister-in-law? All these things. Uh, or it was questions, brother, stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, so wow. who, I don't exist. You as... Pam, Pamela Benjamin doesn't exist. The one that you, you the name that you were born with. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it's like I'm a straw man. It's like my straw man is Pamela L. Ray. And anything that happens, I can just blame it on that. I mean, I think even my DUI might be under that. There, because it should show up Pamela L. Benjamin if my DUI was, I mean... That happened uh, in 2007. I flipped a car three times, and I went to jail, and all these things happened. I paid all this money and all this stuff. And that doesn't exist on any records from some crazy government database type thing. Wow. But Pamela L. Ray does. She's I mean, been gone for a long time. She's been gone for, like, since 2007. So I don't exist, which is great and weird. It's a fresh start. That's what it is. Well, but and that's the thing, too, is that... When you're a wife, you don't exist. Because you could, you don't, being a good wife and being a good mother, there's no social security that ever gets taken out. Right. You're a dependent on taxes. You don't, 
you don't really exist. So when people get divorced and they've been married for 40 years, sometimes those women don't have social security. And then they're really screwed unless right. they, you know, take half of, I'm sure that if you'd been married for that long, you'd get half of the divorce. So you'd be half. fine. <laughs> but I think that's why the initial laws came up about getting half in the divorce is that if you don't exist, if you're a good wife and a good mother, you don't, you're not, the, you don't, I mean, you have a social security number, but you don't, you're not getting any social security. Right. So it's, that's just bizarre to me. But women, that's the thing. It's like, is, and, and that's why I'm so glad I went to a lesbian wedding because I feel like they're taking it back. <laughs> they're taking, the ladies are taking it back. Taking it back. So. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I know one day I'm going to get married. And then, you think so? Oh, yeah. And then I'll get divorced. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I think it's because I want to try it. I do. Um, yeah. I even asked my boyfriend about getting married. I don't think he wants to marry me. But that's okay. Is he, does he make a lot of money? Uh, yeah, he does. Oh. But he's been married before. Oh. So that's another factor. Like, you sure. know, he's 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 been through the rodeo. Maybe he doesn't want to do it again. Right. You know? Yeah. Because a lot of people say the divorce is a pain in the ass, you know? But they, they it can it, be. It can be. It, but it, mine was very easy because all I had to do was sign the papers. I didn't. There's have to do no anything. kids or anything involved. No kids. You know. Yeah. No. So. Not really any stuff. And because all of my 401ks and everything were always in my name. Yeah. He didn't. I didn't give him any of that, and he didn't give me any of his. It was just like I got. I'll take what's mine. You can take what's yours. We're good. Yeah. It was I, pretty easy. Quite amicable, I would say. Yeah. See, I just, you know, I, I feel like one day, you know, I will get married, and I, and I've never been the kind of woman to be a bridezilla or I have to I have to have this big wedding no I've never not even when I was a kid I never thought of that princess thing I've always thought about just the relationship itself to me was more important than like the fun big wedding wait till you see that my dress my wedding dress was a princess super princess dress nice super princess nice yeah and you still have it though I do and it's still too big um when I <laughs> when I bought it I went to the wedding place and I said I want this size. And they said, no, 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 we always get order a size bigger and then you get it taken in. And I said, no, but it fits me perfectly in this size. Uh-oh. So they ordered it in the wrong size and it came and the boobs, it was gaping and it still is. And so they sewed these fake boobs in there and I was so what? mad at them. I was so mad at them because I was like, if you would have just listened to me and given me the size... I wanted that I paid for and we had this huge problem it was a brigham and roll back and forth I'm like this is I'm like I don't want this dress this dress is too big they're like well you need to get it taken in and it's an extra $500 I'm like I'm not oh paying that so we ended up paying this other person on the side she did a terrible job and I should have just done it myself but um I had these fake boobs in there for a while so now I still like it fits because but it's just too big it's just boobs. awkward yeah. see there's so much money and profit that goes in the wedding like, there's so many schemers and shysters we in this industry that it's a marriage contract in a business but the business that has created weddings now now this is the shit right the business of weddings and the wedding i went to this week it was a, it was an inexpensive wedding because they did it all themselves and they did it in their backyard and it was an amazing amazing perfect wonderful and it was what i think a wedding should be Weddings are a business. They are wedding big, planners make big money. Big business. Yeah. Yes. 
It's like, I mean, I wonder if you can get your major in that in college. I'm sure they're. I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna get my MBA in wedding, wedding planning. planning. Yeah, they make hella profit, and it, it's just, it, it's such all a big vendors, business. Yes. All the vendors that they go through, and which people get, how much catering is huge. Oh yes. And it, it is weddings are an enormous. I mean, the, the TV spinoffs. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you you have so many bridal magazines now. Like oh. not just one or two, but there's a like a lot. And you know, I you know, it, it's I mean, it's capitalism at its best, but it's just like you have so many scheming people in the wedding industry. Like that's one of the reasons why I don't want to have a big wedding because knowing me, I'll fall into the shit and then it'll turn into an expensive wedding. I just right. I I rather do something just very easy or, you know, let's go to an island like my friend did. Oh, she got married in Puerto Rico, beautiful. like a h- historic site. We all came and, you know, had, it was very, very chill. Nothing too, like, oh, my God, lavish. You know, they probably spent maybe a couple, probably 10 Gs. Yeah. But nothing like we have to rent out the Ritz-Carlton. I've been in those kind of weddings, oh, too, yeah. which are yeah. nice. It's great, yeah. you know, if you're a guest. But I hate to be the parents or the bride or groom flipping the bill. I can't imagine the... I, I went to a wedding in, let's see, 99 or 98, and it was in San Francisco, and it was at the top of the, it's all glass all the way around the street, in Union Square, it's right by my house actually now, and it's called the, it's one of the glass elevators in Union Square, uh-huh. and they had the entire top floor, and it had beautiful, amazing, sweeping views, like 360 nice. views, and it was totally amazing. And the entire time, I couldn't stop thinking, like, I wonder, I bet this was like a $100,000 win. <laughs> and you got to think, like, it's a, it's one party. It's a one expensive party. One, and I just, oh, it's just so much, and nothing succeeds like excess, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure they had like a wedding coordinator and oh, a wedding yeah. planner. Yeah. And, you know, we, we have to get dance lessons for, you know, our first dance and uh, all, all of this. it. Well, remember the movie Father of the Bride? I mean, yes. that's with oh, Steve Martin. Martin. Yeah. And Martin Short, Short being hilarious. Yeah. But I mean, we've taken things to extremes. I mean, how do we dial things back as uh, what do we really need? Like, uh, say... Uh, a nice dinner for everybody and hold hands and say, I love you. I love you. Cool. Let's drink. Yeah. I love it when people get married at a church, especially like a Catholic church. And then it, the, uh, then the uh, reception just turns into a straight debauchery. Yeah. Like Caligula. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to those kind of weddings. Like we're, we're having mass and a wedding. And then we're going to be doing cocaine and <laughs> getting drunk and po- hooking up at this reception. Amen. 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 Good times. Brought to you by weddings. Uh, You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm every Wednesday from noon to two. Uh, Hey, if you like medical marijuana and you haven't tried tinctures, let me persuade you to try Alta California Botanicals. Uh, Go to TryAlta.com and uh, try the try. Some people call it nightmare juice, but that is a misnomer. I say that the euphoria is brilliant and um, four dropperfuls, laser beams shooting out of my eyes, feeling really good. 
and uh, Alta California Botanicals. You guys go try it out. You guys are listening to the AltaCast. We're talking about weddings. I'm going to um, look up some wedding facts. We'll see if we can get some more wedding music on the line. Uh, I mean, karaoke at a wedding. Here's here. We'll do some things. We'll say tacky, not tacky. Okay. Money dance at a wedding. Money dance. Isn't that part of a culture? Good question. I, I think- wanted to do the money dance, and my mother said categorically nay. She said it is cheap and tacky, and I say. Pin $100 to my dress and I'll dance with you for I a second. That's what they do like at Indian weddings. I, the I Chinese believe. just give little red envelopes filled with cash. Oh, and they, yeah, they do that. Yeah. That's great. Chi- Love the Chinese. By the way, I've been to a Chinese Japanese American wedding at the De Young. Oh, wow. Cool. The, or excuse me, this, excuse me, not the De Young, um, the Museum of Science and Industry okay. where they rented the whole museum. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that. Well, the Chinese don't fuck around. No, they don't. They have like 22 course meals or whatever. Like, if you go to a s- straight up Chinese wedding, like it is, it is like a six hour, just the eating is like six hours. The courses just keep coming. Um, and it's unbelievable. So I don't know if the money dance is, I know that my mother said, no, it is tacky, but I love a good money dance. I think the money dance is great. Because if you're, because then I like to dance with the brides. So I give the bride money and dance with her. I think always think that's cute. I uh, love the money, love the money dance. I, that, I think in some cultures, that's what they do. Yeah. This is why I like going to weddings of different cultures. You right. get to learn a lot, like Indian weddings and then uh, Chinese or Japanese weddings and, uh, Mexican weddings. Oh, I have never been to a Mexican wedding, but I heard Jonathan was telling me this morning that he's been to a lot of Mexican weddings. And I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What what do they eat? (laughs) I mean, that's the thing that I'm most interested in, honestly, is always the food. Yeah, the food is... Like, I, I'm glad, like, experiencing different... Oh, and by the way, Mazel Tov, Jewish weddings. Yes, Mazel Very Tov. lavish, by the way. Very lavish. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, seeing how d- everyone celebrates their own way of marriage is very, very... It's... It, it's That, I will say, I, I think it's a beautiful thing. Sure. How, you know, how you were just talking about how jumping the broom... Yep, jumping the broom. You know, how many white women do you know have jumped the broom? <laughs> Yeah, right? I'm sorry, that's awesome. Yeah, we did well we did all these we did like eight different things and we read from from the books the the fantasy books that we like and it was it was it was lovely. I mean, we definitely designed the um the the ceremony the way that we wanted it to be. And uh I was very disappointed in the photographer. And I never got to eat any of the food because I was so busy talking to everybody. But oh, we had Scott's seafood. They catered it. It was really shut good. Shut up. I know. My parents were rich. Didn't I told you I was rich when I was Dude, growing up. Dude. Scott's seafood. Oh, Love it. Right? I scallops. Been... Bacon wrapped scallops. Shut Oysters up. on the half shell. I didn't even get to eat any, though, because... I had six bridesmaids, but nobody was taking care of me. No one, like, put a plate aside or, like, did really? that. Really? That's what you're supposed to do as a bridesmaid. I know. They just weren't those kind of bridesmaids. Are they your friends now? Uh, <laughs> one of them is still, yeah. Um, yeah, two of them are. The good Dr. Katie is, she's great. And um, and my friend Jill. Jill still, she lives in the city, and she's amazing, but she just had a baby, like, two years ago, so... I went, her wedding was beautiful too. Her wedding was at the Presidio. Oh, nice! And it was in the little chapel at the Presidio, which was so like cool and beautiful. And then it was in the captain's quarters. It had this really great view, and it was really, really amazing. Um, and they had an open bar, and they let me 
take the bottle of whiskey to the table with me, which was nice. Because I was, I was depressed. I, that was when I had just started comedy, and, and I hadn't started dating drummer comedian Aaron Barrett yet. Um, I guess this was like five, five, four, five years ago, and uh, four years ago. And it was it was uh, it was like a New Year's wedding or a Christmas wedding or something like that. Uh, around that time, but I was they didn't let me bring or someone didn't show up. They put me at this one table because they were gonna sit me next to a single person, and then that person didn't show up, and I was like all butthurt about it because um, I was like I am so single. But it was great. Everyone else was all my other friends I knew. They all had big rings on, and they were all getting married, and there was all this stuff, and it was like ugh. Just yeah. Like, I'm like look at me celebrating your joy. I'm a stand-up comedian now. <laughs> Okay, so that is the other thing. Like, weddings can bring out the worst in some people. Yeah, because depression. The, and that jealousy factor of like, look how successful this relationship is. And... Especially if you are just coming out of one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, at that time, I was just, I was very broken. I was just dating the wrong people. And I was in graduate school and writing poems about terrible things. I was drinking a lot and... Uh, it was, rough. it was definitely a rough time because I was like, I always felt like as I was going to all these weddings, I'm like, but why doesn't anyone want me? Like, what's yeah. wrong? Um, and not that I ever want to get married or whatever, but I think also it's like, well, why, didn't, why don't I want me? Because, um, you know, I'm a narcissist. <laughs> uh, but yeah, weddings can make people very depressed. Yeah, I, I think when I went to my cousin's wedding, my other cousin, this is like, a, I want to say... God, 2008, 2009, and this is after a month after I had a nasty breakup with my ex, and I was depressed, and I was just like, and then I could, I had to go to Wichita because that's where they were getting married. Is that in Kansas? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so I was. It was the first time I ever cried at a wedding, and since then oh. it's been like an ongoing thing that I cry at weddings now. And at that time I was just thinking like, I just got out of this relationship, you know. This is sad. I'm 29 years old or 28 years old. What am I going to do? Why am I crying? <laughs> this is beautiful. Oh my God. You have all these mixed emotions yeah. going on. And even recently, last month, I was still, I was, I cried at my other cousin's wedding. And I'm just like, again, mixed emotions. And I'm just like, will I have this one day? Do I just want to do this for entertainment factor? Like, oh, look, she looks so great. Oh, the wedding's great. Oh, God. They didn't say obey. Beautiful. You know, it, it's just all these things. And I don't, I didn't have the, and I've been a bridesmaid, by the way, oh, three times. I was a bridesmaid this year at my best friend's wedding in Puerto Rico. I was a, uh, or excuse me, maid of honor. Maid of honor. I, made, I was maid of honor twice at both my best friend's weddings. And then I'm just seeing these people who I love dearly and crying. I'm like, am I going to have this one day? I remember what you were doing. And that penis was not always in your vagina. There was different <laughs> penises. You know, we've done some dirt. And that's another thing when you see your best friends that you know you've done dirt with. See them. <laughs> tie the knot and you're just like ooh if some of the stories I could tell your husband <laughs> but I mean it's weddings are a mixed emotion for me it's just like I'm crying I'm happy uh, me it, yeah it turns like you said narcissistic <laughs> yeah I mean yeah I mean I've, I, I love sharing in the joy of, of my two great friends and their union um, and I hope that maybe someday you know, Jonathan and I choose to do something like that, but 
not for realsies, not like with, it would be more like. Like it, you're celebrating your unionship, your your courtship. Your right, we wouldn't really make it legal. We just basically yes. have a party that's like, it's our fake wedding. There you go. And we'd invite everybody. I've heard of that trend going on, fake weddings. Like people like, we're not going to city hall. Nope. But we are going to have a wedding. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a wedding. We're going to have a little. We're going to have a little ceremony and a good party. And uh, but I mean, I don't even know if we're there in our relationship right now to say things like that. And I would always want to maintain my own residence. I don't think that I'd want to. Like, I think we both should have our own places to live. And then we. I mean, we spend every night together almost, anyways. But I kind of like like space. 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 Yeah. Space. Space. I, yeah. And. Jeez, I don't want to live in Berkeley. <laughs> See, that would be issue number one. <laughs> I don't want to live in Berkeley. I don't want to live in Berkeley. I want to stay in the city. I want to stay in San Francisco. No. I mean, unless we move to Peru. Yeah. See, there you go. Now, now we're talking something exotic and nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I Dreams. mean, I, I, I think the other reason why I would want to get married is I. This sounds very lame and cliche and old-fashioned, but that sense of security, that's That what they're always going to be there. Hey, you know what? The best thing about uh, wearing a wedding ring is that uh, every other guy hits on you because they're like, this one's taken. That means she must Challenge. be good. Well, it means she must be worth it if someone else is willing to put up with her and, and, <laughs> and put a ring on the finger and be, do that. That means that she must be worth it. So it... it, it somehow raises your value did you get hit on a lot when you were married you know in the beginning i didn't put myself in situations like that i mostly just had a gay entourage uh, and um so it wasn't ever an issue until i started hanging out with i made this amazing friend one of my best friends forever megan and we started hanging out and i my gay entourage because i started doing less theater I just didn't have my gay entourage around as much. So I was hanging out with like single people and I got hit on a lot, a lot, a lot uh, as a married person. Um, and even now for a while I was wearing uh, my wedding ring just for fun. Um, and it's funny, every time I wear it, Jonathan and I usually get into fights, so I'm going to try not to wear it. But I was wearing it because I was like, aha, I'm taken and I, I love my boyfriend and I want to wear this beautiful ring that I still love. And, uh, I get, I feel like, I feel like I get hit on more when I wear the ring. Wow. Because, but the thing is, I talk to people just the same. So, and people think I'm flirting, but I'm not. I'm just. It's conversation. And usually talking about, you know, Mutiny Radio. And I, you know, I get all excited about things and. Um, they're intrigued and they're they shoot that finger. And they think, I, I mean, I think they think that she must be really slutty because she's act like they think that I'm married, but not married, but I'm not married. Come on. Uh, wedding. So let's go back to wedding songs there. Uh, I walked down the aisle, you know, that, um, that song, everyone has heard it a million times and it's, um, it's so hard with the other music in your head to do, but that classical song that everybody knows, Canon and D, um, <laughs> That's it. Oh, here we go. Top 10 modern wedding songs. Let's listen to what ridiculous um, stuff that they tell us we're supposed to listen to. Um, so, uh, and this is very funny that 
the the ads that they're giving us are, are with children in them. So like, who is listening to wedding songs? Zen Zendaya has a new has a new thing going on. All right, here we go. Modern when wedding songs. When a newly married couple hits the dance floor, it's up to the music to tell their special story. Tell their special and story. And it better do a good job. Welcome to WatchMojo.com, and today we're counting down our picks for the top 10 modern wedding songs. For this list, we've decided to stick to songs that were released in or after the year 2000. All right, and that okay, are not fair covers enough. of older tracks. My life is oh, 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 is this John Mayer? Oh, is oh, James Number Blunt. 10, oh, James oh, Blunt, beautiful. you're beautiful. You're beautiful. I don't know who the fuck that is. This yeah. sweet, simple, slow song has been a reception standard since its 2005 release. This is fact, nauseating. Blunt even yeah. played it at his friend Elton John's wedding. You're beautiful, Every bride wants to feel beautiful on her big day. However, the song's tale of unrequited love is less appropriate. <laughs> the song's tale of unrequited love. First dance song. And maybe don't watch the video where the guy commits suicide. <laughs> Damn, they're not going to play Every Breath You Take. Shoot. We're, we'll see. We'll see. I'll never be with you. That's the end of that song. Mm. Here we go. Oh God! Number nine, Nickelback. Oh, Nickelback! Seriously, Nickelback really? is wedding music. Okay, that's appropriate because Nickelback is jump shit. To Nickelback when considering first dance tunes, but this means Canadians this marriage is going to end in divorce soon. Power ballads that it's yep. any rocker's wedding. This is not a respectable power ballad. This song could easily I've be about never. love between family or friends, but it's just as powerful when interpreted as romantic love. With its message about partnership for the long haul, it's a great wedding option. Oh, even God. Chad Kroger's gruff vocals. Nickelback can suck my dick. What is this song? Justin Timberlake. Oh, I, I don't even know this song. I heard this at a wedding before. Justin's been releasing wedding ready These are all forever, but now that he's a newlywed himself, his tunes have newfound maturity and emotion. Fuck that. Sexy back. <laughs> As he tells Ugh. the story of a man who's found his other half, Timberlake flaunts his trademark falsetto, while Timbaland shows off his signature sound. So this would be a terrible song to dance to because you'd want to like freak to it or something. But the message and melody are so great, we're guessing most couples won't mind. This one's not too shitty. It's just overplayed. Oh, Alicia Keys. This is fine. She's talented. I like her. This I like is the this first. Album. Alicia Keys, Fallen. This song's sad to me, though. I used to listen to this when I was This Grammy-winning wedding staple introduced Alicia Keys to the world. Set to fluid harmony and soulful piano, this song chronicles the ups and downs of relationships in true R&B style, with Keys' stunning voice holding it all together. Uh, I, I know this from karaoke. People that sing this for karaoke, they, they always well, it's a great reception like song. Newlyweds might find this a good choice later in the evening, after the guests have gone home. Oh. That used to be my jam. No, she's talented. The rest of that is bullshit. I feel like I'm going to train. Number this six. Train, <laughs> marry me. Uh, oh, God. Say you will. 
Ew. Wedding season wouldn't be the same without new romantic ditties competing for our attention. But some newer tracks cut through the clutter, and this is one of them. No, it's... this is... Couples will fall into each other on the dance floor swaying to this low-key ballad, whether it's the original or the duet version. Is it a little schmaltzy? Sure. But yeah, that's a the lot mark schmaltzy. of a great first dance tune. I think our first Number dance five, was Ebony and Christina Ivory. Perry, a thousand years. Music, the, the bitch music you like. If it's good uh, yeah, enough for Bella that, and Edward, it's good enough for us. Twilight Saga? Oh, God. Is that couple's anthem. But others choose it as their wedding song simply because it's beautiful. Darling, don't be afraid. I've never heard this song before. It's the it's, universal message it's about overplayed, but I've never heard it. someone touches everyone, and Christina Perry's voice and quiet melody provide the perfect background music for a romantic dance. Can you imagine, or not like, um, somebody actually watching this YouTube with their husband to be and being like, "Honey, okay, we have to choose one. We have to choose one. All right." What do you think of this one? And he's like, "Nickelback. I want Nickelback." Number four. Divorce. Nora Jones. Come away. Oh, well, with this me. is a beautiful come song. Come away with me. doesn't get more romantic than this. As she flaunts her standard jazz sultriness, Nora Jones this provides would be a newlywed good first the perfect piano-driven slow dance soundtrack. Her haunting voice, plus the song's intimate feel and gentle rhythm, are the ideal combo for a cheek-to-cheek -cheek waltz and the recipe for a little mid-song smooch. Simple, peaceful, and beautiful, Jones' music is always wedding appropriate. Come away. And we started with the inappropriate songs, which is right. I think I will survive as a <laughs> Number three, Michael Bublé, Everything. Yeah. You're a fallen star. Oh. You're the getaway car. You're the light. This crooner is a natural fit on a wedding DJ's playlist, and this is one of his most romantic originals. Without the backing of his usual big band, Buble compares his love to, well, everything, and calls her his stability in a crazy world. All this is making me nauseous. I know. It's, well, it's so, it, it's sure, pop music that... about his ex, but that doesn't make it any less wedding perfect. Plus, everyone can sing along at the La 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 party. Everything I record resolves. It's just like pop music bullshit. Number two, Bruno Mars, oh. Marry You. With his heartfelt lyrics and sweet, sweet vocals, Bruno Mars is the new king of wedding songs, with several possibilities for this can, list. Can you We've imagine? opted for the obvious Marry You because oh. its up-tempo beat mimics the excitement of new love, its message is cute and contemporary, and it's got wedding bells. Too perfect. This is like if you want to like... Slow jam, but if you've got your dancing shoes, it's an adorable choice. They didn't do a first dance, the ladies. They didn't, it wasn't part of it. Really? 
Yeah, there wasn't really Number a one, music. Number one, Lifehouse, point. You and Me. Ew. Who's Lifehouse? They're, they were a Christian band. I think I've heard this like in a Walmart before or something. <laughs> you know it's right? a popular wedding song when the band releases an extended version for extra-long first dances. This love song was inescapable in 2005, whether at weddings or on TV. Oh, I know. Me. With its slow, stripped-down melody, I and swear I've heard this like in a Target or in a <laughs> right, like when you're walking through. Doubles as a second right. set of vows, which is what all couples want on their big day. I, I can't listen to this song anymore. It's too hard. Uh, so those—that's what they want us to. Those are the modern after 2000 reading between the lines of um of how they want our how they want our weddings to be do you know like one of the other popular wedding songs was um uh, every breath you take oh uh-huh police, which is not a good wedding song if right you listen yeah to the lyrics because it's about stalking it's about stalking yeah <laughs> you might as well choose roxanne right yeah. uh, don't put on the red light <laughs> those days are over. We're about to get married, so stop fucking those guys. Roxanne. <laughs> if you... <laughs> right? Totally. Uh, okay, five facts about marriage in America. Uh, number one. Oh, this uh, week, Americans celebrate National Marriage Week. Oh, God. That's nauseating. A collaborative campaign to strengthen individual marriages, reduce the divorce rate, and build stronger marriage culture. Here are five facts you might not know about marriage in America. This must be done by the Mormons, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, one, most Americans don't marry young. Remember when most Americans got married when they were all teenagers? You probably don't since that hasn't been true for at least 125 years. Since 1890, the median age for a man's first marriage was 26. The median age for a woman's first marriage was 23.7. The lowest median age for both men and women occurred from 1950 to 1960. During that period, the median for men was 22.8 and 20.5 for women. Today, though, Americans are getting married later than ever before. In 2010, the median for a men for age median age for men was 28.2 years, and 26.1 years for the women. The following table shows the median age of American men and women when they were first uh, married from 1890 to 1910. So, I mean, you can see on the graph, except for women <laughs> in the 1950s, there was a sharp downturn. I, I believe that was because of the war. Yeah. It was World War, War II. World War II. People and the were Korean getting War. married. Yeah. They were war babies. Uh, they, they called them baby boomers. Yeah. Number two, more Americans are cohabitating before marriage. Sinful assholes. Prior to the 1960s, unmarried cohabitation, the status of couples who are sexual partners, not married to each other, and sharing a household was rare in America. In 1960, there were around 439,000 Americans cohabitating. Sluts. Today, that number has increased 16-fold to around 7.6 million. Yeah, then you got to try out the cow yes. before you buy the milk. Yo. You got to make some cheese out of the milk. Oh. You got to figure it out. Don't get, don't, uh, yep. I mean, back, gone are the days of, of, oh, I'm going to, if you don't know a person before you live with them and get married to them, 
just living with a person that is a big it is it's a big deal yeah like do they i'm saving myself for you yeah well i'm hopefully they're sh- saving their shaved beard hairs and washing them out of the sink and not saving them and that was the, the one seat thing down putting the seat down yeah you got to cohabitate you got to learn what each other's little we things gotta are train you guys you got to know how i like my eggs you got to know how i like my coffee uh two or no three unmarried with children while many americans cohabitate before getting married for many couples, cohabitation has replaced marriage. Cohabitation is particularly common among those of lower education and income levels. This has got to be from some religious thing. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, in 2010, a report found that among women in the 25 to 44 age range, 75% of high school dropouts have cohabitated, compared to 50% of college graduates. Cohabitation is also more common among those who are less religious than their peers, those who have been divorced, those who have experienced parental divorce, fatherlessness, or high levels of marital discord during childhood. A growing percentage of cohabitating couple households, now over 40%, also have children. Currently, 48% of all first-time births are now to unmarried women. Whores. Despite the common (laughs) perception of unwed mothers being teens, many are in their 20s. 60% of unwed births are to women in their 20s, while only 23% are to teenagers. This is, I want to know whose website this is. This is ERLC. ERLC. Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission in Nashville and Washington. This is very interesting. The Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission in Nashville and Washington. This is crazy to me. That makes sense. Uh, ERLC. They're saying, don't cohabitate. It's true it's true that the divorce rate is almost 50%, but it doesn't mean what you might think. The national divorce rate is almost 50% of all marriages, but for many people the actual chances of divorce are far below 50/50. For, for first marriages recently formed, between 40 and 50% are likely to end in divorce. The divorce rates for remarriages is even higher. But the close to 50% divorce rate refers to the percentage of marriages entered into during a particular year that are projected to end in divorce or separation before one spouse dies. This is weird semantics. Such projections assume that the divorce and death rates occurring that year will continue indefinitely into the future. An assumption that is more useful as an indicator of the instability of marriages in the recent past than as a predicator of future events. So while divorce rate is 50%, it doesn't mean the probability of every married couple getting divorced is 50-50. Five, not all marriages are created equal. There are a number of factors that are correlated with any strong marriage. For instance, teenagers and the non-religious who marry have higher divorce rates than those who Uh, marry later and are religious. What? In fact, that's bias. No, really. If a person has been to college, has an annual income over 50000 is religious, comes from an intact family, and marries after the age of 25 without having their first baby, <coughs> chances of divorce are very low. What? <coughs> it's just so funny because this is exactly me and I got divorced. So, I got married at 25. I didn't have a baby first. I come from an intact family. I used to be religious. We had an annual income of over 50000 and both of us have been to college. So they're saying like rich religious people, but this is absolutely wow, hilarious because this is so biased, so biased. Exactly. Well, and all the people that I know that are still Christians, like my brother and all of his friends from high school, and they're all still married. They're all rich people. There's something about being Jesus freaks and and being wealthy. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's isn't that a maybe sin crazy. already? <laughs> 
uh, praying be, to a false god. Ah, well, false idols. It's I. I just I don't even understand uh, that we have religion is. I mean, superstition based on fear of death. Although, like, nature is vast and amazing. And, um, you know, here we go. 77 facts about weddings. Random facts. We're not going to um, go through all of them, but here we go. Weddings. In the United States, there is no law or religious dictate that says a bride must take the groom's last name. However, approximately 70% of Americans agree that the bride should change her last name. This is great on the side. Uh, Brilliant Earth conflict-free diamonds is right here on the side. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely try not to um, have any African baby hands on your hand. <laughs> I'm still kind of salty about what we were just talking about. Oh yeah, definitely religious. That whole thing was completely biased and saying that religious people don't get divorced and everyone else who cohabitates is a whore. Yeah, um, and that, that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's what the the religious and ethics commission. Uh, definitely, they think. There, that's the thing about abortion, you know, like they're saying it's an ethical question. If you ask religious people, they say that it's an ethical question. And I say it's an ethical question of how you're going to lead the rest of your life or how you're going to usher a child into the world and help them lead the rest of their life. And if you're not ready for it, you shouldn't be forced into it. Yeah, because that child's going to end up suffering as well. Mm -hmm. Even, I mean, it just that doesn't make any sense to me. And plus, by the way, a lot of these religious people that get married and play this role are the most are the people that usually go out and cheat. Right. Or yeah. you know, a prime example, the dude from Nineteen Kids and Counting who oh, turned yeah. out who was a pedophile. Really. And um, he Dang. ended up having the act two Ashley Madison accounts. What's Ashley Madison account? Um, Ashley Madison is um, a, a, a application where you sign up to meet people who want to cheat. Whoa. Yeah. Josh du Duggar. That's his name. Josh Duggar. Wow. Very religious family. Uh, very pro-life, anti-gay. Wow. You know, and he got caught in the scandal um, where he did molest his sisters. And then this one just came out uh, a couple months ago that he had been had two different uh, accounts on Ashley Madison and wow, had affairs. So yeah, throw your Bible at me, please. Yeah, well, the pastor of my church, uh, he was sleeping with all the girl, all the ladies. He was calling it therapy. <laughs> they usually they all call had it that, individual right? therapy. <laughs> you can you can get to God through his penis. <laughs> Uh, the Fijians believe that the god Naranaga, who watches over the married couples, will not let a bachelor enter Fijian paradise and will turn him to ash if he dies before he's married. Fijians really want you to get married and have some kids. Uh, the Pernan nomads who live on the island of Borneo, southwest of the Philippines, maintain that women do not have a soul until their wedding day. Yep, soulless, soulless whores. <laughs> In states where no blood tests or physical exams are required, failing to tell your prospective spouse that you have a venereal disease or physical impairment, such as impotent, impotence or infer infertility, can void the marriage. That's like um, annulment, I guess. Wow. Uh, early Roman brides carried a bunch of herbs, such as garlic and rosemary, under their veils to symbolize fidelity and fertility and to ward off evil. These herbs served as a precursor to the model, modern bridal bouquet. Well, I guess garlic wards off vampires, so. 
Yeah. Rosemary <laughs> smells good. They probably didn't. They probably didn't smell too great in early Roman times. The phrase something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, and a silver sixpence in her shoe symbolizes continuity, optimism for the future, borrowed happiness, fidelity, and wealth or good luck, respectively. All right. Uh, because white is the color of mourning in Eastern cultures, white wedding dresses are uncommon. Ah, that makes sense, like in Shintoism or Buddhism. Las Vegas is the top wedding destination which over with over 100,000 weddings a year, followed by Hawaii at 25,000 weddings a year. By the way, there's only 365 days in a year. <laughs> 100,000 weddings. It's a lot of weddings every That's day. A lot of weddings. Wedding rings are often placed on the third finger of the left hand because ancient Egyptians believed the vein in the hand ran directly to the heart. That's interesting. Hmm. Uh, the bride's veil traditionally symbolized her youth and virginity. Ve- I didn't use a veil at my bride. <laughs> wedding. The veil also hid the bride from jealous spirits or the evil eye. In the past, veils could be red, blue, or yellow, the color of Hymen, the Greek god of marriage. The modern white veil became popular during the Victorian era as a symbol of purity and modesty. A white veil also connoted that a bride was wealthy enough to wear white. Ha, 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 ha. I always thought wearing white, uh, like the white dress, was like also for purity as well. Yeah, I think. I, but it's interesting that wealthy enough to wear white because you have to clean it. Yeah, you can't. You, and things were hard to clean back then. I guess. Flower girls traditionally threw flower petals in the bride's path to lead her to a sweet and plentiful future. Blah blah blah. <laughs> um, uh, throwing rice at weddings symbolizes fertility, prosperity, and bounty. In some countries, the bride might even carry or wear sheaves of grain. However, many modern churches and wedding locations discourage rice throwing because rice can be fatal for birds who eat it. Absolutely. If, you, if birds eat raw rice, it puffs up in their stomach and it makes them explode. explode. But, I mean, I guess if you, like, put all of your bad juju into the rice and then throw it and then they eat it, then maybe that makes uh, that's why i haven't thrown rice at a wedding since like the 80s yeah they blow bubbles and stuff now uh pope innocent the uh, third 1160 declared that waiting a waiting period should be observed between betrothal and marriage which led to separate engagement and wedding rings the first recorded account of a diamond engagement ring was in 1477 when king maximilian the first of germany proposed to mary of burgundy and offered her a diamond to seal his vow hmm. All right. And now we just got diamond to diamond out of control. Right? And now, like, there's a whole industry based on wedding rings, too. It's not just the dress. Even before, it's like the ring. It's like... Blood diamonds. Blood diamonds. But it's it's amazing that how much, from beginning to end, how much goes into it. First, you got to buy the ring to ask her. So first, you're going to dump. And it's supposed to be two months' salary, is what they say, or whatever. Yeah. And that's a lot of money. <laughs> if you're dating someone in... I mean, I've seen pretty big rings. My ring was pretty small, but and and, that, and, that, and that's its own symbol and status thing. You know, I don't, ridiculous. But I, I just think like when I see people, especially where I work, I see a lot of big rings. I just think it's just too much. You know, like if I was to get married, I just want like an amethyst or jade or something. You know, I'm just, I don't know. And like, people want like so many carrots. You know, in a diamond. Right, like, right. It's, it's and the, and it, I, the only thing it's good for is if you're punching someone in the face. Yeah. I mean, other than that, come on. 
Uh, because ducks mate for life, a Korean groom will ask a happily married friend to make him two small wooden ducks for his new household. That's weird. <laughs> e- quack. Yeah. That's quacktastic. Exactly. In India, it is considered a form of protection and luck to be symbolically married to a tree. Hmm. I'm going to symbolically marry a tree today. <laughs> After a time, I'm going to give it a, I'll give it a ring or something. I'll, I'll ring around. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some water. I'll pee. I'll make a golden ring around the tree, and I will pee the pee on the tree, and I will marry it. I will say, "I'm giving you my nitrogen, so that you may grow and you may protect me." Beautiful tree. Now I pronounce you woman and tree hugger. Yeah, total hippie. Uh, after a Jewish wedding, the groom stomps on a glass, which is wrapped in cloth, while people clap and shout, congratulations, Mazel, Mazel tov. Tov. The broken glass symbolizes the frailty of human happiness, or perhaps the destruction of the Israelite temple in AD 70. Some Jewish husbands argue that it means they will have the authority in the house, or that the shattered glass symbolizes the easing of sexual penetration on the first night of marriage. That I did not know. Interesting. Huh. Well, and... Wow. Some of these Orthodox Jews, they have sex through a sheet, through a hole in the what? sheet. You're not supposed to. No way. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird like Orthodox thing. More than 40% of couples now plan their weddings together, and three out of four grooms help select items for their wedding gift registries. Well, of course, I guess. Uh, 75% of all engaged couples in the United States pay for some or all of their own wedding. Yeah. We've got more. The superstition that a bridegroom must not see his bride before the wedding stems from the days when marriages were arranged, and the groom might never have seen the bride. There was the chance that if he saw her, he might bolt. (laughs) Other sources say that to see the bride in her dress is peering into the future, which can bring bad luck. Uh... In Tibet, polyandry, or a woman with more than one husband, is not uncommon. Yeah. For example, a herdsman will share his wife with his brothers and half-brothers. Whoa. Oh. Wow. Kinky. Whoa. Oh. Wow. All right. A herdsman. So herdsman. first they fuck the goats, and then they fuck your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Pass her around. Don't worry about it. Toss it like a salad. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth II had 12 wedding cakes. The one she cut at her wedding was nine feet tall and weighed 500 pounds. Jesus. She's queen. Uh, in several countries, including Germany and Greece, the bride attempts to cover her new husband's foot while dancing in an order to establish dominance. Ooh, I like that one too. Wow. Uh, in Bali, the bride holds a cloth in front of the groom who strikes it through with a dagger in a display of obvious symbolism. Oh my God. I'm going to cut into your vatch. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. A wedding between two American slaves could not include the words until death do us part because plantation masters had the power to part husbands and wives. Because slaves were not allowed to have Christian ceremony, they invited their they invented their own ceremonies that often include the bride and groom jumping over a broom. The broom being the symbol of home in certain parts of Africa. That sucks that you couldn't say until death do us part because because boss massa massa slave massa says uh-uh I, I that's amazing that they could just like send people to different places like that how terrible shit's real Ugh. Uh, matrimony is the Latin matrimonium from matrim mother at plus monium action state or condition oh matrimony is to become a mother yes of course 
Uh, before 1500s, couples in Europe were free to marry themselves. It wasn't until 1564, when the Council of Trent declared marriage was a sacrament, that weddings became the province of priests and churches. Oh, you just crazy. marry yourself before the 1500s. I love it. Wow. Throwing it back, kids. Uh, over 74% of first-time brides receive a diamond engagement ring with the diamond first discovered in India over 2,000 years ago, symbolizing pure and eternal love. The Greeks thought diamonds, adamas, were tears of the gods, and the Romans thought diamas, or diamonds, were splinters from heavenly stars. In the United States, June is the most popular month for weddings, followed by August. Nearly $72 billion is spent on weddings every year in the United States. That's a lot of money. Nearly $72 billion <laughs> is spent on weddings every year in the United States. $72 billion. $72 billion. Dude, that's free education. That is, <laughs> isn't that crazy? That's health care, too. I mean, in 1500s, people used to get to marry themselves, and now $72 billion. Capitalism at its finest. Capitalize on everything. Uh, in England, before literacy rates were high, invitations to weddings were shouted by bidders who were old men hired to announce the details of the wedding. Hear he, hear he. Yeah. For thee, Harvey and Johnson will unite in marriage and holy matrimony. But you're not invited, you cocksucker on Third <laughs> Street down. It's this for this house over here. <laughs> Only the McKinnas can come. Not you dirty Horans. Uh, three times a bridesmaid, never a bride, dates uh, to about the 16th century. It was believed that if a young maiden who had been a bridesmaid three times was unable to catch the eye of unmarried males, then she never would. But if she served seven times a bridesmaid, the spell was broken, and the woman was thought to be a sure bet for marriages. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine how many words like, I've been a bridesmaid three times, and I need to do seven now, okay? So I need to be in everybody's wedding. Like, somebody get married. Somebody get married. Somebody, somebody get, get married. married. Somebody get married. Hurry, hurry. I need another ugly dress <laughs> that I'll never wear again. Uh, because eyebrows are considered intensely alluring in the Orient, Historically, the bride's eyebrows were shaved entirely, rendering her powerless to attract a man. Huh. Wow. Because she can't give him the come-hither look. Hey. hey. Wow. Raising those eyebrows. That's weird. <laughs> Subjugation of women shaving their eyebrows. Sometimes it doesn't come back, and then you look like a chola. Yeah. You've got to paint them on, right? <laughs> that black liner. Mm-mm. The old English word for w the wedding ceremony was bridalope, which literally meant bridal run. The word wed derives from the Proto-Indo-European base, wa, meaning to pledge or redeem. Bridalope. That's hilariously. That's a horrible name. Bridalope. I'm going to mention that to my boyfriend. Bridalope. Bridalope. Oh, man. And um, so all of our... Uh, and all of the things on the side are, uh, husband says she looked too old. See her makeover revenge. Oh my God. They got me. Wow. They got me. Anti-aging cream, fit mom daily. Oh my God. Grandma outsmarts doctor with her $5 trick to a wrinkle-free face. Surprising 14-day results revealed. So you can keep your husband so you from can sleeping keep with your the husband. secretary. That's just crazy. What are they selling? 
the best solution you've ever is it someone needs to come on your face right and then it <laughs> and then it tightens, tightens it up. up yeah it's called matrixel 3000 and polymoist ps wow that's crazy how much how much do you how much does it cost and then all the th- this is amazing but that's this is this is an advertisement and not an actual news article blog or consumer protection update Representation, representations regarding the efficacy and safety of Miravike skincare have not been evaluated by the FDA. The FDA only evaluates food and drugs, not supplements like these products. These products are not intended to diagnose, prevent, treat, or cure any illness, especially your husband cheating on you. Um, <laughs> Miravite, ladies, Miravite. How does it work? It, it doesn't. So. The funny thing about this is, as Pam was reading, like the all the marriage, the different things and different cultures of marriage. Off to the side, we have this. Yeah, we have. This. Husband says, I "Look too old. See her makeover revenge." Someone just made money by me clicking on that. Four stages to a heart attack. Are you at risk? And the root of all stomach problems. And they're holding um, a parasite. The other ads on this page, because we like, we'll like, we we'll read between the lines of the news next. Um, um, words f- for her special day, shop now, uh, things remembered, and then the diamond things. Yeah. Um, let us do, let's read between the lines of the news today. Yes. We like to do this. We go to Yahoo and we figure out what they're trying to tell us. What do they want us to buy? Uh, what is what is happening right now in the world of news? And... Uh, and we'll, we'll get to CNN, which is, uh, whew, the ter- we'll check out the ter- world terrorist section too. Uh, that's great stuff. Uh, here we go. Russian fire cruise missiles in Syria as Assad begins a ground attack. Oh, Syria. Syrian refugees are all over Europe. It's scary. Obama apologizes for Kunduz attack. MSF demands independent probe. Oh yeah, the um, where this is Afghanistan. The doctors, yeah, the doctor South Borders who got bombed. President Barack Obama on Wednesday apologized to Medician San Fronteras for the deadly bombing of its hospital in Kunduz, Afghanistan. Ooh, this is scary. World news. These are top stories. All right, so we're at war. Didn't know that. I've been too busy talking, thinking about Trump. El Faro search ends at sunset. Coast Guard says. Uh, the missing mariners of the El Faro. So there's uh, a missing boat. Hillary Clinton comes out against TPP trade deal, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. That just got signed a couple of days ago. So she says, bad news. This is a weird day. Maybe it's Google News is different than Yahoo. We'll get to Yahoo, but this is all like world stuff that's really kind of big. Yeah. The um, thing in Syria is getting really serious. I, I think also, too, the whole thing with the... Um, the refugees, you know, going on in Europe. Yeah. You know, that's a really sad situation, and too. Tr- did you hear what Trump said? Send him back. Heartless bastard. Just send him back to a place where they don't have a house anymore, where the Why bombs are falling. Just, someone poisoned him. He, just, just, <laughs> he's a red herring. He's, he's, he's what's trying to take us away from thinking about these things. GOP candidates criticized for organ shooting response. Republican presidential candidates have remained firmly opposed to more gun control measures in the wake of last week's tragic shooting at an Oregon community college. Because the NRA is in their pocket. Right. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of money. All right. Did you did you enjoy that vintage 
vintage AltaCast. Yeah, from uh, twenty, from twenty fifteen. That's that's how that works. That's that's how that works. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna turn that off, and I'm gonna put on some uh, commercials, some breakers for y'all, and uh, fix mic too because it's out again. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to an old AltaCast with me. Pam Benjamin. Uh, we're going to be back 2 o'clock, maybe, maybe not. I'll probably play Gates of Delirium. I'm obsessed with Gates of Delirium every Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m. You can join Perkins Warbeck sometimes. <laughs> Definitely brought to you by Alfred's World of Trousers. Every trouser for every need. Miles and miles of trousers in the Duluth area. Check them out. Uh, thanks for listening to Mutiny Radio, friends. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Let's watch I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Let's Spiegelman. We're hosts of... Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L W A F L M O Y T. We watch a full length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and watch the movie at the same time. Yeah, L W A F L M O Y T. Yeah, L W A F L M O Y T. That's every Sunday, two p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, five percent. Yeah, right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show. Five p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh, Uh, Uh, let's watch full length. Oh, let's do a full minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> hey, Mutineers, Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Since 1971, the San Francisco Tenants Union has been fighting for the rights of tenants and for the preservation of affordable housing in San Francisco. Starting from the struggle for rent control in the 1970s, the Tenants Union has been the city's leading advocate for tenants. 
The Tenants Union is supported by membership and counseling donations, and this enables advocacy to be uncompromising and not influenced by pressures from government or other funders. It is a 501c4 since it campaigns for political candidates, so generally donations are not tax deductible, although large donations may qualify. Please visit WFTU.org for more information. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Black, black plastic. Mutiny Radio. FM. Saturday. Noon to two. Every Saturday. All music. All night. All day. The ACLU of California reminds us that we have the right to speak out. Both the California Constitution and the First Amendment to the United States Constitution protect our rights to free expression. There are many questions